welcome to Curious Church Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us again. It's somewhat of a miracle. No. Grateful. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> You're still here. So yeah, we're glad that you joined us. Here we are. Let's go around. Let's just introduce ourselves again. Aaron Anton, uh, Director of Music. Matt Timms, Worship Coordinator. And I'm Sam Gutierrez, Pastor of Spiritual Formation. It's good to see you guys. Yeah. It's, yeah. How's your looking? December's going? Perspective uh, December's. It's been good. I've been busy, probably like most people. No. I think everyone else is very relaxed. It's That'd just be great. you. <laughs> is there anyone in the world who's like, ah, oh, December, finally, I can just relax, take it easy, yeah. nothing going on. Aaron, how's your December? Uh, it's good. Yeah. You yeah. look happy. You got a smile on your face. Yeah. Feeling your good. Your eyes are bright. Yeah. This is kind of a magical time when you have uh, kids, yeah. you know, because you get to kind of re-experience mm-hmm. it all over again. So yeah, the tree, the ornaments. The... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were times where I would. I think there were years before kids where it's like, do you even want to do a tree? <laughs> like yeah. we just look at each other, like eh, I guess okay. Yeah. But now it's all new again, and yeah. you know, their ornaments that are new ornaments they're starting to appear. Oh, yeah. You know, starting to get their own little history yeah. behind them. So it's kind of fun. Matt, you look. You're smiling too. Smiling at the magic of that story right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How's your December, Matt? Come on, tell us. Uh, my December's going fine. Pushing through, teaching a class, so pushing through the end of that. Got some grading to do. I was quite behind on grading for quite a while and kept apologizing and gave them like an extra credit point because of it. And <laughs> then eventually I catch up and they're like, oh, it's okay. Like one of my instructors sam gutierrez doesn't give me anything back no they didn't use any names but they're like i don't know where my grade stands at all so i realized uh they're kind of grading me on a curve but they haven't been too harsh they're grading you on a curve yeah they're grading my grading on a curve (laughs) (laughs) that's meta (laughs) well we're again we're glad that you joined us and uh curious church podcast uh this today we're going to talk about worship part two well, if you listen to our previous part, it's not really a part two, but if you listen to our first, well, not our first podcast, but our last, <laughs> the last podcast we released. Number I mean, five. Number five. There's a segment on there about worship. Yeah. That was kind of our discussion topic. Today will be another segment on worship, not necessarily a follow-up. There's a lot to discuss about worship, though. Yeah. And yeah. kind of a, an expansion upon mm-hmm. last time. So <clears throat> I'd like to do a special shout out to one of our listeners. Ooh. His name is Titus. Hey, yeah. Titus. Hey, Titus. I just saw him this morning and he says, him and his wife, Debbie, listen. Wow. So thanks for I think, I think every podcast we should, do, we should do a special shout out. Well, I don't okay. know if we'll call it shout out, but a shout out. <laughs> an acknowledgement <laughs> of someone who's listening just so they can hear their name said over the air. <laughs> which is kind of cool it's like you're listening in your car it's like whoa do you want to call in and make a song request <laughs> they just <laughs> said my name that'd be pretty cool if you're yeah, listening so. to a podcast you loved and all of a sudden they said your name like yeah. titus davis i think that's why people like donate you know some podcasts take donations and then they get a little like name drop you know like hey <laughs> thanks love. thanks jim for sending us yeah are we taking donations by the way <laughs> To be clear, well, I just, just didn't planting donate. The seed. No, I'm just, I'm just planting that seed. For later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we would accept donations. 
we can't guarantee how they will be spent. They might be spent on pizza. So I, I would like to invite Matt to also say someone's name. Jason Call. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jason, thank you. We appreciate you. Danny Wood, thanks for listening. Um, and my wife, if you finally get around to hearing this one, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> bothering to listen. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um, she's busy. I yeah. do. I do feel like she's. My wife listens to every single episode. Uh, she. I. <laughs> <laughs> what can you? I say? think it's that newlywed uh, sheen you yeah, still have. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. No. Yeah, she'll catch up. You know she what? Doesn't listen you know to what very I think many. she'll probably do. She'll probably binge listen. Right. Sure. Just like go crazy on all seven episodes she'll just disappear for a week and you'd be like where did she go frankly i think she spends enough time with all three of us personally that she just doesn't need to hear our voices anymore which i respect sweet so (laughs) (laughs) that's how i describe it yeah so if you are listening to this podcast your name might be might be spoken i mean we need to know right yeah yeah so So if you you listen if you listen to this there's some great ways to let us know you can leave a review iTunes. Yeah. You can email us, curiouschurch at grantsprings.org. You can text us if you have our numbers. You can page us if you have a pager. Oh. No, I think we need to have a pager for them to page us. Not they have a pager. (laughs) (laughs) We can page them to page us. Yeah. And then go to a payphone. They can write us a letter. How about this? You email us your phone number so that we can page you. (laughs) We can you can mail us a letter with a stamp on it. If you'd like, you guys, this is you all very telegram. Silly. I think we should do something. You can do Morse code if you'd like, or or a carrier pigeon. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about worship. And last time we talked about if you, if you want to go back and listen, um, but we'll just recap it just briefly here. We talked about how worship is slow, and mm-hmm. we spent quite a bit of time talking about how worship is slow. Matt, do you just want to kind of give a quick summary of what that was all about? Yeah, we were kind of talking about it in two senses. One sense in which we're actually talking about the sort of the pacing of a worship service. So creating space, Sam talked quite a bit about creating space for silence and sort of some of those movements and the ways we think about that in services. But we also talked about worship is slow in terms of its formation. In other words, it doesn't do everything immediately and really the trajectory of worship is the kind of thing we wanted to talk about, that the effects of a year of 52 worship services is going to be far greater than just sort of one amazing, incredible service. So we kind of talked about slowness in both of those aspects, yeah. I think. And part of the idea behind this podcast is we're rooted in a particular place. Here we are in Northern California. We're at Granite Springs Church. So obviously we're we're talking as practitioners. We're, we're we're organizing, we're thinking about worship, we're leading worship on a regular basis. So, of course, it's rooted here in this particular place, but we're expanding the conversation so that no matter where you are, hopefully this will apply to you in your situation. Yeah. Part of what we all talked about last time was um, you have worship that's not just happening on Sunday morning, but that that Sunday morning can kind of help fuel how you worship throughout the week in terms of really really forming yourself spiritually so in that sense this is something that can be applied to anyone anywhere at any time yep so So we're going to continue that conversation on worship and matt i'm just going to hand it over to you what are we talking about today oh sure well today we thought uh you know there's a lot of different elements of worship that we can talk about another one is hospitality 
And that's kind of a, in some circles, in some Christian circles, that's a buzzword, I think. In others, it's probably a new concept or something they're not talking about as much. Sam, what do we mean when we talk about hospitality and worship? Well, I think there's probably a couple different ways to think about it. One is the, one is this idea of creating space for the other. So mm-hmm. it's like you're kind of you're kind of creating space, opening up space for for those who don't belong yet to find a place to belong. Right. So it's yeah. So that's part of it. Part of part of it is creating that space. Um, now, how do you do that? I guess to, to, well, it's yeah. the million dollar question, right? <laughs> how do you do that? I there mean, thousands- I mean, there's probably different ways to think. So I just defined it as creating space. I mean, maybe you guys have some different images or different ways to think about it. I think there are a thousand little ways um, that we can, in the context of a worship service, welcome people who um, don't know if they belong or where they belong or or are confused by. what's going on. Mm -hmm. I always try to think about who, what the person who's coming here for the very first time, what are they seeing? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? Um, And it's, it, it, it's, it gets challenging to do when you've been on the inside quote unquote for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you really, if you really look hard at what we do as a church, and we talked about this kind of in the first episode, why church is a curious place. If we are hospitable we are making, uh, we are communicating to other people why we do what we do, even while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big part of being hospi- hospitable. I mean, we easily think about hospitality in terms of like our home. So, you know, if right. you, you want to be a hospitable host, right? So it's like if you invite someone to your house, you would greet them at the door, you would mm-hmm. introduce yourself if you didn't know them, or if they, you know, if someone came with a guest that you did invite, you would, you know, get to know their name, you would take their coat, you would show them where the bathroom is. You'd keep your dog from spooking your guests when they're <laughs> eat, trying to eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, some dogs want to jump on you, so we kind of like, you know, hold back your dog. Um, so there's all kinds of like little ways to kind of like make someone feel welcome in your home. So if you kind of like kind of expand that and think okay now how do how would we how would we create that same feeling in a in a church so mm-hmm. let's make it bigger right and then a church has a very kind of like some sort of program or some sort of worship order or some sort of flow to it that mm-hmm. that maybe you wouldn't find in a home setting because you're probably going to have dinner or mm-hmm. something so then how would you then expand that spirit of hospitality in the same way that you made someone feel welcome into your home you'd make them feel welcomed into the liturgy right mm-hmm. and it's worth saying that there's something uh very unusual even about this suggestion right so when you invite someone to your home there's sort of the expectation that you're going to be a host right so it'd be strange if you had a guest over to your home and they came in and you ignored them or like you shook <laughs> their hand and then we're like okay the snacks are there yeah like have a good time and yet when we come to church, it's often the case that the expectation of the kind of hospitality we extend is essentially that, a handshake and there are the snacks. Yeah, it's almost like have we have a good like, time. Yeah, well, we're glad you made it. Hope you survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. Good luck. And we hope you come back. Right, right. And I mean, regardless of whether you're in a church context that does hospitality really well, or really poorly, there's probably some people whose experience they come in and they have this sort of strange 
experience. So when we're using this home image, it's just interesting how counter that is, particularly when we talk about creating space for the other. Church is sort of quintessentially a place that people think of as being sort of a group of people who are in, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of the default setting. Now we can talk about whether that's right or wrong, but kind of how people tend to default think about church is sort of, oh, we're all going to our home rather than we're home and inviting people in, mm. you know? I wonder, because I, I, I really like the analogy of just having people over to your house and then scaling that up to a, to a church setting. So uh, just a little inside info is we had you guys over, your family's over the other night. And I thought, so how does this, so how does the analogy work when you've got, we, we know you and we like you and that's why we invited right. you over. So how, what if like a neighbor that I hadn't met yet. Just shown up. Just came and showed up and yeah. said, Hey, I saw the lights on. I saw <laughs> the lights on. I heard the music. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't have, we didn't have dinner yet. Or, you know, I'm trying to think of how this analogy would work. Like, <laughs> the stores are all closed and our fridge is empty. Do you guys have anything to eat? And I like to think that, yes, come, you're welcome. And we're not just, I'm not just talking to my friends who I already know. I want you to, to join in. And that's the key word, join in. So yeah. not just not just observe what's happening. Yeah. It's like you're welcome in a sense. There's room for you to join in. Yeah. I think the other piece of that is um recognizing the inherent discomfort. So I like that analogy because even if you extend perfect hospitality, there's probably still some awkwardness to having this person and a group of people that generally know each other and there's a new person. How do you engage? And Sometimes I think we think that perfect hospitality sort of gets rid of discomfort. Like if you are just warm and welcoming, then everyone's happy and comfortable. Mm -hmm. But actually I think really like true hospitality just says awkwardness and discomfort is okay. And you're welcome to be here in that. And if you feel that from me, we're in this together. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's even joining in the discomfort in some sense using that language. Yep. Maybe let's get practical a little bit for our yeah, listeners sure. and let's talk kind of in the, we're talking about worship. So what would this look like? Hospitality. And I'll throw it to Matt and Aaron. What do you think? What are some, what are some practical ways that we can make this real? When you're going to a new place and you feel like everybody else knows what's happening, it can be mm -hmm. very, it can make you really feel like an outsider and make you feel frankly unwelcome. And I think what we need to do in worship services is to, um, and I think, believe this can be done subtly and without distracting from the service itself, is to explain the elements of the service as, as the service is progressing. Uh, and this is something I think at Granite Springs we strive to do, um, we strive to do well because we have people from all kinds of different backgrounds. Yeah. We can't assume people know the Apostles' Creed. We can't, or even what it is, or even why we do it. Um, so I think there are using an economy of words, which we also value. That is to say, very uh, you know, a sentence or two about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, I think that goes a long way to including everybody. If you've been around forever, you don't mind hearing that again. And if you've never been here, it can be super. Super helpful. We call this um, framing. Is mm -hmm. so how we frame different elements of a service, or sometimes we call it the mortar. That is, um, if a you know if a set of songs is the brick, or a prayer is the brick. This is the mortar that ties 
the service together. Yeah, I think there's there's kind of maybe another layer too. So there's sort of explaining what you're doing. And then as a worship coordinator here, I get the opportunity to write prayers or select sort of litanies and stuff like that. And often the framing for that is not so much explaining what we're about to do. There's maybe a brief line of instruction, but also just trying to give people themes to hook onto. Mm -hmm. uh, in a worship service, there can be so many words, so much said or sung, and it kind of just washes over you, and you don't know where am I holding on to? What am I holding on to this morning? And I think as people, we're all here kind of involved in the planning of worship. We kind of come in with, okay, here are the thematic elements that we see in this service. And we're totally, of course, open to the spirit leading people in other directions. But if we don't give people access points to those, uh, it can be a kind of disjointed experience. So some of the framing, some of hospitality is actually just saying, hey, here's something to be thinking about, you know, joy, think about joy. And then suddenly mm -hmm. when you hear the song that references joy, you think, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about joy. And now I'm singing about joy. Whereas if you don't kind of get that thematic access, you can be like, I don't understand why we're singing this song right? right. Uh, as yeah. much as you might enjoy it. And I think, too, it's, it can be framing. What we're talking about is kind of framing something. So, for instance, a call to work, or let's say a confession. Mm -hmm. Okay, right before you do the confession, you might frame it with a few words. And I think what happens is when you frame something, it's kind of like you throw your arms around the whole congregation and you kind of say, we're all doing this together. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. the person that's been there a hundred thousand <clears throat> times and the person who is there, their very first service ever, are all of a sudden, everyone is included in this thing that we're doing together simply because you framed it with like, hey, Christians have been, Christians have been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. The reason why we do this is because dun 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 dun. dun. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let's let's so now together let's say a prayer confession. I mean it's so subtle, it's so yeah. small, but also you've included the person who feels awkward or who doesn't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, I think I mean in even in that statement, it triggered for me just how important the words are, right? So there's, you said Christians have been doing this for a long time, so let's participate. There's a way of saying that, that we as Christians do this. So now we're going to do it and you're here. So <laughs> go ahead. You know, yeah. even the language of we or how we identify the groups. So you're saying, I, did I give a bad example? No, I think you actually oh, gave a, a good, good one. one. Because identifying <laughs> this as something that Christians do. And now as a whole church, as everyone here, we're now going to participate in this much larger tradition. Uh, I think kind of identifies both of those sides. It says, this is something that a lot of people do, mm. and this is something that we identify with, but now let us uh, let us participate in this larger tradition. Mm. I, I think this also um, connects well, Matt, with how we, um, how our, we're, we're trying to more, live more deeply into this, um, the church calendar, mm. the, the liturgical year. So uh, not only are we, Christians have been doing this creed for a long time, but also, there are churches all over the world who are doing this today, right? right? Yeah. Like, or some version of today. Um, so I, I, I think that um, not only was your comment about how a theme for the service can connect it and be hospitable and give something people to give people something to hook onto, but also um, how that theme uh, lives into the the Christian year 
is I think important and hospitable. Like it's just kind of gets everybody on the same page and on the same yeah. timeline. Yeah. Right. And to bring it back to that like house image, and it's almost like you're inviting someone to your table and you're saying, Hey, this is like my grandma's this is my grandma's recipe for yeah. mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And yeah. we love it. That's and great. we've been doing it for a long time. I mean, we all love it. We think and you'll all, like it. Yeah, we think you'll like it too. So try some. So there's lots of really small ways. I mean, one one way I think too, like I think I did this a few weeks ago. We we said the Lord's Prayer together. And I just said something like, you know, at one point in the Gospels, Jesus' disciples came to him and said, teach us to pray. And he taught them this prayer. Yeah. And we're going to say this prayer together that Christians all over the world have been saying for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So there in like three or four sentences, you gave like a, con you gave a history of the prayer. Um, you, and then you expanded it and say Christians all over the world have been doing this and they've been doing it for thousands. So it's almost like all of a sudden you just, you wrapped up like the world and history and Jesus <laughs> and the disciples and us in this short little prayer. And all it took was three or four sentences, but it all of a sudden made the whole thing more meaningful and it included the person who has no idea what's going on. Right. It doesn't mean they have to buy into the prayer, but all of a sudden they understand what we're doing now. You know, I grew up really with the Lord's Prayer and I know mm -hmm. not, obviously not everybody has, but even, but I often forget this is how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And just, mm -hmm. just that one sentence framing it, just um, suddenly you're like, bam, oh yeah, I am part of this this community. There is something I'd want to add here that we don't want to place the burden of uh, hospitality or a burden on these conversations about leading and facilitating worship such that people have to grasp and understand fully, right? So we could say all of our framing is vitally important and people need to have a perfect understanding of what they're doing as they do it. And I think that's not actually hospitality. That's some other form of teaching, which has its place, but probably not in a worship service, right? What we're really trying to do is just have people know enough, mm. right? This is why we can use an economy of words. If we had to explain everything, we'd be going on for a couple of minutes mm -hmm. on each kind of section. Well, why do we sing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But really, we just want people to know enough, not necessarily so that they're completely comfortable, but so that they know that they can participate. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, I think I, I threw this out the other day, but it's almost like we're asking people to put on clothes that are too big for them. Mm. It's like, we're here, try this on, right? right? The Lord's Prayer, try this on. Right. Here's the Apostles' Creed, try this on. And they're like, uh, it doesn't fit right. If I feel squeezed, I feel awkward. And it's like, that's part of the nature of worship is we're calling people to aspire to something they're not yet, or right. to an understanding they don't have yet, or yeah. And as a and as a practical matter, to add to what Matt was saying, if if you um, and to live into something they don't understand yet, is we might say we might use a sentence to frame something, but then also, um, I feel I feel like there's enough kind of to push them toward the direction if they have toward a direction if they have more questions. So like in our worship guide, we'll say uh, there is a little. Uh, you know, a little blurb about how communion works kind of mechanically and the practical part of it. So that that part isn't, isn't, isn't tying up, uh, isn't being tied up within the worship service or here's, or why are we singing these songs? Well, there's on the back, there's a couple paragraphs on why we do kind of the, uh, the, the songs music. that we sing and the music that we sing. Mm -hmm. So there, there are places I think for people who um, feel even more who feel still a little bit out in the cold with that framing to kind of move toward being in and being 
um, being included, uh, being included. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's always a different elements of the service that are going to feel awkward to some people. Some people might feel like the singing doesn't, it's like a piece of clothing that doesn't fit right. Mm -hmm. And they feel awkward doing it and wearing yeah. it. For other people, it will be the confession piece. For other people, it will be the sermon. For other people, it will be a prayer. So it's like everyone's kind of feeling awkward at different moments, yeah. right? Because worship is really too big for us, all of it. Yeah, I love that, Sam. That's exactly right. In some sense, we all the clothes are too big on all of us, Yeah. right? And we're all trying to grow into them. It's not just, oh, this is your first time. Uh, look at all of us in our well-fitting jackets now you good luck trying to catch up yeah. with us i find it i kind of like looking out so look out over the congregation during a song and there's always like some it's often more than a few people who are just standing there just co like and their mouths are not moving mm -hmm. their faces are just totally blank they're just totally in another place or they're i don't know what's going on in their minds maybe they're trying to figure it out maybe they're not even engaged um and they used to it used to bother years ago. They just kind of used to kind of bother me, like want to get people involved. But now I realize that they're they could just be finding their way, you know. And they're this isn't this isn't a place that mm -hmm. particular thing isn't kind of up their alley. And I get it. Um, so it just just yeah. kind of let them figure it out. Or, part or, of hospitality too is like so they're wearing these clothes that are too big for them, and hospitality is just acknowledging that. Hey, doesn't don't you feel kind of silly right now? <laughs> <laughs> Right? It's like, isn't this kind of strange? Yeah. Don't these clothes feel kind of weird? Yeah. And that's, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, they do feel kind of weird. I mean, that's a huge thing, part of what we're trying to do with this podcast, right? Is just acknowledging and giving voice to some of these things and then trying to talk about why maybe they matter or kind of the, the fundamental silliness of some of them. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think to just back to kind of, you know, connect with that, I think we forget that church is weird. <laughs> And we get so used it's to curious. it. And that's really the basis of hot. So it helps you to, if you can remember that, man, we do some weird things in worship. Mm -hmm. So how can we be more hospitable right. <clears throat> about some of these things right. and invite people into these strange practices like singing together and confession and a sermon? And how can we take this weird stuff and put it into people's hearts and make it seem like normal and, and part <laughs> yeah. of who they actually are? Yeah. In some sense, we've been talking this whole time about hospitality and worship from a leader's context, right? But inevitably, the majority of our listeners are probably not in that context. So what does hospitality mean uh, if you're just attending a church? I think in one sense, it's a tool uh, to be able to observe, okay, what kind of culture does this church have? Is it hospitable? I think those are helpful questions to ask. But even more importantly than that, there's only so much, especially if you're a regular attender somewhere, there's only so much all of this framing and uh, language and being good on stage can do to extend a welcome, right? There's a real sense in which this is not something that the leader just does, kind of they sweep everyone up and welcome them in, but really something that happens in the pews. Uh, we have this part of our service where we pass the peace of Christ which is, again, getting back to curious and weird practices, is a really weird thing to do in some sense, where there's a script with which you greet a person. Uh, but that's a huge, I think, pivotal part in our services, where people extend the peace of Christ with warmth and friendliness. And just this last Sunday, I 
went and it was just in a slightly different context because I was coming down from the stage, but went to some of our high school students. And it was just this moment of connection that was brief as we did this practice, but also I think a meaningful one in that these are people I don't always connect with, but that's an act of hospitality that kind of anyone can extend, right? These genuine moments with each other, even sometimes in the midst of the service. Do you have another point? I do have another point. (laughs) I didn't just want to keep talking, though. That was a good point. Yeah. Give us another one. You're on a roll. My other point is that in some sense, when we are entering worship, we are entering the life of God. And by that, I mean that God is a triune God. There's community built in. There's hospitality that's at the center of who God is. And worship is really sort of this regard for God, right? And then this reflection. And God is always sort of regarding himself, right? So the Father, Son, and Spirit look at each other and honor each other and give dignity to each other, which is what we then get to participate in worship. We sort of enter that dance of the Trinity and say, you are good and you are good. And wow, this is good, just as they sort of say and delight in each other. So there's a real sense in which when we walk into a worship service, God is welcoming us into himself. He wants you there. I think that's a really important part of remembering what hospitality looks like in worship, that God is welcoming all of us, not just that we welcome each other. Uh, Hey, uh, Matt, I was just wondering, what do you like? My like this week is the uh, the low post podcast. You ever heard about this? Nope. This is basketball thing. Yeah, so it's basketball oh. podcast by a writer at ESPN called Zach Low. Mm. Hence the low post oh, clever. podcast. Yeah, clever puns. But it's a podcast probably for the nerdier NBA fan, which I am. And Zach Low has a really good grasp of the CBA, so the collective bargaining agreement. So he always knows kind of the financial status of teams, what trades would be possible. Isn't there also a Canadian Basketball Association? Yeah, I think CBA is also a, a Canadian Basketball League or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it might be. Huh. But, CBAs, but I'm glad you CBAs are it. talked about also There's in no baseball. There's no way to know. Like baseball is okay. a CBA. So it's basically a CBA is the agreement that comes out between the players union and the league. Right, so, right. Um, the collective bargaining agreement. Yep. But anyway, he just has a great grasp of that stuff, so it gets it can it can get kind of in the weeds. But then also he talks to kind of his fellow writers often, either at ESPN or other organizations, and we'll talk to people about when they break a story, so a big story, and often some of the journalism that went behind that. So, oh, how did you get this person to talk, and how did that look? So recently, couldn't tell you the reporter who he had on, but they got a quote from Kevin Garnett, who's famous NBA player, um, but rarely talks on the record. And apparently this guy had to email all of his questions to Kevin Garnett because he wouldn't actually sit down with him. And then Kevin Garnett sent back audio files of him responding <laughs> to all the questions. So it was like, that's all you've got. So it's, kind, it's definitely a podcast, not for everyone, but I like it and it's fun. And that kind of thing is just interesting to me, how journalists do their work. So the Low Post Podcast. I like it. Aaron, what do you like? 
because it's Christmas coming up and I talked about how magical it is for kids. We uh, were looking at um, Christmas gifts. I hope they don't hear this before Christmas. <laughs> but um, I don't think they listen to the podcast. That's just a feeling. Not yet. Oh. They'll listen when they're older, maybe. Anyway, so they both have outgrown their bikes, and I'm an avid cyclist, and I like to have them on bikes, and they both love riding bikes. So it's it's new bike Christmas for both of them. So I went to, it's like, you don't want to spend a lot of money because they're still outgrowing them, but mm-hmm. um, so at the middle ground is like an REI uh, brand bike. So took a took my daughter to REI yesterday just to kind of sit on a few of them uh, to find like the right size for her. And <laughs> I had this moment with the employee where it's like, I found the, I found the right bike. I'm like, so we're, I'm buying it for her on the spot, but we can't take it home because then she knows it's going to be hers. Uh, so, and she's, she's only four. So she goes around and points at things and says, I'll take this one, daddy. And like, no, we're not buying a bike today. But on the down low, I had three different employees involved in this kind of like Christmas bike, Christmas buying <laughs> moment. And it was really great. It was, it was a series of winks and nods and handing paper back and forth <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. and arranging to pick the bikes up later, you know, when I was, when I was there by myself. I actually went back with uh, with my son as well, and we did the, a similar deal. And the same guy was there, so he's like, so we knew the drill. He's like, you're getting pretty good at this. I'm like, uh, so anyway, I had a, had a fun moment. They both got to test ride their bikes, and they um, they're both a little bit, you know, they're too big for them, a li- just a little bit, so they can grow into them. But to see them just take off uh, on the on these new bikes that they don't know that they are theirs yet it was really fun. So, I think that almost belongs in a new segment called "I Love It." Ah, oh, oh, just I like it. I yeah. love that story. So that's, that's so uh, good. Really it's cool. one of those moments of being a parent yeah. where you're like, "This is all paying yeah. off." And that was way yeah. better than Matt's segment. I like it. Hey Sam, what do you like? <clears throat> well, mine's not nearly um, as charming as that. Yeah, tell me about it. Mine's about a cartoon <laughs> <laughs> that I have loved. That I like, not just love. I like it. It's on Netflix. It's a remake of an old 80s, 90s cartoon called Voltron, Defender ah. of the Universe. <laughs> what the listener can't see is Sam is now posing with one arm up and one kind of down. Almost like sort of in like victory. Superman, yeah. But victorious and powerful pose. Yeah. Like Voltron. Yeah. Okay, like Voltron. <laughs> they remade it. I think DreamWorks or someone made it, remade it. It's on Netflix. You can watch it right now. I think there's like 10 episodes. It's pretty good. Like, give it a few episodes to get into it. And it has quite a good storyline. There's these five mechanical lions that together... Like RAR lions. Yeah, RAR lions that together unite to form a giant robot called Voltron. And he defends the universe. Is Is Voltron humanoid? Yeah, I mean, he looks like a... So the lions become like a... Well, yeah, it's human. like their heads like flip down and their arms like, you know, they're kind of like Transformers. That should have been obvious to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like one will become the like both arms and two will become the legs and then one is like the head. So Matt, anyways... Matt's a little younger than us, Sam, but I do remember the Voltron uh, cartoon from the 80s. So, but is it, does it have that 80s sort of... Uh, stupidness or is it there's a little more thought put into it because every cartoon in that of that era had just absolutely it was absolutely insipid and you they would not not hold up if you watch them today yeah well i think the dialogue's pretty good it's pretty funny in some parts okay i actually laughed 
in some parts. Mm. And then they kind of uh, seem to adopt a bit of anime into it. Anyways, I like it. I'm not ashamed to say that I like a cartoon. I like it. Hey, thanks for listening to Curious Church Podcast. I just want to say um, there's a Christmas episode coming up very shortly. <laughs> so get ready for that. And in the meantime, Matt, how do you find us? Yeah, you can find us on iTunes or at grantsprings.org slash Curious Church, although you probably already have if you're listening to this. So more importantly, you can leave a review on iTunes. That will help other people How many stars find would we the show? like? We would love five stars. And five. email us if you want a shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Curious Church at granitesprings.org. Or page us. <laughs> Any of those will work. Yeah. I'm Sam. I'm Matt. I'm Aaron. And thanks for being curious with us. See you next time.